You're listening to Radio MD. She's a chiropractic physician, lecturer, author, entrepreneur, and talk show host. She's Dr. Suzanne Bennett. It's time now for Wellness for Life Radio. Here's Dr. Suzanne. Everyone reacts differently to stressful situations. And right now in the midst of the sars Corona 2 coronavirus 2 pandemic, fear, anxiety, loss of loved ones can be so overwhelming and devastating to adults and children. Today, we have Dr. Joan Rosenberg, a best-selling author, consultant, and master clinician. She is a cutting-edge psychologist who is known as an innovator thinker, acclaimed speaker, and trainer. Dr. Joan Rosenberg is also an Air Force veteran and a professor of graduate psychology at Pepperdine University in Los Angeles, California. Her latest book is called 90 Seconds to a Life You Love, How to Master Your Difficult Feelings to Cultivate Lasting Confidence, Resilience, and Authenticity. Thank you so much for being here on Wellness for Life, Dr. Joan. You know, I had, personally have had an influx of patients and, and with a lot of anxiety, and, you know, people are scared that they might get sick from the virus. Um, they're feeling fear for their parents and their children. Um, they may get, you know, who might be suffering from, let's say, a flu or cold, but they're exaggerating. They're thinking that they might be getting the COVID disease, COVID-19 disease. So the anxiety is super palpable. And uh, and it's difficult even for me to um, make sure that I'm, I'm okay. So can you talk to us about what's really going on with people now during this pandemic crisis regarding their anxiety and fear? Absolutely. I, you know, I the first thing I would say is that it is, is everything that people are reacting with a normal reaction? And I would say, oh, heck yes, it is. That, that the fear and the anxiety that people are describing that they're feeling makes a great sense in the face of kind of this dual challenge of this insidious invisible virus and the downturn of our economy simultaneously. So, but, I, but what I want to walk people through is, is to, um, to kind of put it a little bit in perspective. And, and to actually think about it, uh, just to take a step back and, and to think about it a little bit differently. When, when I think about fear, um, it, which, again, normal reaction, the idea that, that the way that psychology positions fear is that it's danger in the moment right now. And, and the, are there many people that are in danger? Yes, especially those who are, uh, have difficulties with shelter or with food or with income. And, and those kinds of things uh, that w- where, where it's down to survival, then, then fear is an appropriate response to that. But I would say for those individuals that have resources and, and much more available to them, that, that, it would, that I would actually have them not use the word fear because it activates that kind of reaction in us. It stirs, it triggers it. And, and instead... The, the, the more logical thing that people then would describe is this idea of anxiety. And, and, but again, I, I want to work with, uh, work, work with you on that one too, because anxiety from psychology's point of view is, is a, uh, a diffuse apprehension or this vague sense that something bad is going to happen in the future. And again, does it make sense to feel that? Yes, that's a, a, what, what would seemingly be much more accurate description of what's going on for most of us, the great many of us. And yet, I don't think that that captures it well enough. 
because anxiety, if I asked 10 people what anxiety meant to them, I'd get 10 different answers. So for me, it's too vague. I think what is happening, Suzanne, is that people are feeling vulnerable. And, and it's an awareness, kind of this, this idea that I could get hurt. And, and not, only, not only are they feeling that, but if they're really kind of tuned into it, what, and, and we are more vulnerable, literally. We don't know when the virus can hit any one of us. The truth is that vulnerability never changed. We were always vulnerable in this way. And mm. what's all, what's all, all, all of us, could, anything could happen to any one of us at any time in our life. So, but, but because, the, because this virus exists in the way it does, we're literally a, a little bit more vulnerable or, or, or I, you know, whatever, I can't put the gradation on that, but we're more, we are more vulnerable. And what's also changed is our awareness about our own vulnerability. Most of us don't usually keep that in, in the front of our minds. Now it's in the front of everybody's mind. Right. So it's this idea of vulnerability. This, it's this idea of vulnerability that's really. Do you think that's part of the reason why there's such thing as the hoarding type of behavior that a lot of people, you know, went into? Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. People. People got. Well, then they went into a fear. They went into a uh, fear, a fear mode, a panic mode. So, so it went beyond just I'm vulnerable and uh, oh I'm I'm more aware that I'm vulnerable. Uh oh, or my parents are vulnerable or my kids are vulnerable. That always existed. Um, it, it, that not, that didn't that didn't really that didn't change markedly. Um, it's our awareness that changed markedly. But but yeah, then people went into a, a panic mode, a survival mode. At like, uh oh, when's food gonna exist? Or I'm not never gonna get toilet paper again? Or yes. So then, they, then they just they shifted into uh, into fear. Well, let's talk about that. So, I mean, what is that we can actually do uh, right now if we are in a state of? Well, we all know we we are in a state of vulnerability. There's no doubt about that. Um, there right. is definite fear and anxiety all around us. There's mass consciousness in that those energies and feelings. What can an individual person do right now to start mitigating? And that that fear, so that we can do our jobs, so we can be present with our families, so we can, you know, do everything that we can, f- so to give us some ease, ease our pain, pretty much, ease our pain. What can we do? Well, the 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 uh, the, uh, the pain is not going to entirely be eased until we see what it's going to be like on the other side of this. Once once we once, oh, and and we none of us knows what that's going to look like. So there's a part of us that is uh, cautious and understandably cautious, <laughs> excuse me. And what I, what I think there's, there's, there's very concrete steps that people can take, but on an emotional level, the first thing that I, again, that I have people do is recognize that they're feeling vulnerable and to also understand that this is a period of great loss. So, so that not, so that we have to deal with those feelings too. So the, I, I think of a lot of sadness or anger or frustration or disappointment or feelings of helplessness, all being stirred up when someone feels lost. And, and again, with the, with the loss of certainty or, or routine or work or wages or human touch, so there's so much. 
so so the, the one of the, the first things for people to do is to recognize their genuine feelings about what they're going through and to not act like those don't exist and to understand that those moments of outbursts of anger might actually be a feeling of helplessness and sadness. And, and that if you can allow yourself kind of step one to acknowledge what's going on an emotional level and the truth of that, that's actually going to be more calming because you're not trying to fend against it anymore. And then, you know, the second thing that I would have people do is, is to, or I would say these two actually work in concert with each other, is, is to do what I call kind of up-leveling up their chi. We want, we want people to be taking care of their physical well-being at this time, and you know better than any about, about the things I'm going to say next. So I, I, this is not my area of expertise, it's yours, but get, having people get the right sleep, sunlight, supplements, nutrition exercise, meditation, rest. There's all sorts, dance, laughter, movement. There's all sorts of things that people can be doing on a physical level to make, to make sure that the, their, their body home is well taken care of as a, as a first foundational step to, to handling the situation. Uh, and then there's a, a whole range of other kind of things that people can do. Oh, there's no doubt that we've got a lot more time. A lot of us have more time. Um, in my case, I'm, I'm actually much busier because I'm helping people on the phone a lot. Um, hundreds and hundreds of people that are so scared and, and want me to help them with their supplements, of course, and nutrition. And we're doing exactly that, just as you say. Um, and if, if everyone can do this for themselves and for their family, the likelihood of them becoming ill would be much less, which is what we all want. Um, but then for you, you're suggesting also that we really need to um, recognize our vulnerability, our feelings, and work with through it, work with it and work through it. In your book, 90 Seconds to a Life You Love, you go into a lot of different steps um, to help that. Uh, can you go into a couple of them, especially when it comes to loss? Because that's a big one. Uh, I, you and I both have family, uh, our mothers that are um, in you're the, right. you know, mine's 88, you're young and yours is into the 90s. And so, um, you know, what can we do? How can we we relieve our stress about that. You know, well, unfortunately, my, my mother is still quite, quite with it into her late 90s. And, and the, I mean, what, what it evokes for me is a feeling of helplessness. And, and because she's still pretty active, which I'm quite grateful for, the big challenge for me was to, to try to help her understand the, the seriousness of of the contagion, uh, the, the way somebody can get this and to really kind of keep her in the home for now and, and to have her, you know, pay attention to what's going on. She lives alone. And, and, and I remember getting kind of upset and, and, uh, that I didn't, I didn't like one of her friends was continuing to go to the grocery store and getting her hair done. And it's like, you can't, she can't do that. I, and I got upset on the phone and I, she got quieter, and then I realized that I was upsetting her. I said, look, everything that I'm saying to you is coming from a place of love, and I feel helpless to be able to protect you, right? So it's just mm -hmm. acknowledging the truth of what was going on. It's like, I want, you to, I want you to be here. I want you to stay well. I want you to be here. I don't want you going out this way. 
uh, right? And and that and that it's upsetting, and I I can't physically do anything to to be there and protect you or to be with you even in this time. So so understand that I'm sad and I feel helpless, and and my reaction to to where I up leveled a little bit was because I love her, and that and then once she once she heard that, I think it it calmed things down a little bit, but, and I wasn't, I mean, I wasn't, I'm not one that escalates. So it was, it was just more intensity in my voice, but, but it was like, I, I it was just acknowledging the feelings that, that some of the, some of the, and many of the reactions that I'm sure families are having with each other. Again, they're not used to spending this much time together, but it's also coming out of feelings of helplessness or sadness or anger that, it's like, I don't know what's going on. I don't know when it's going to end. And and it, it, all those feelings are being activated. Right. Uh, you know, um, Joan, I had, I, I did a finger prick test and it's, it's a, it's a screening tool for me to see if right. I had been exposed to the virus. And I was, right. I did it because number one, I actually want to see my mother and help her for various things. But after I did it, I realized that I was seeing, I wanted to see her for my own, my own selfishness. So what right, I did right. was I decided not to. I mean, I know I'm, I, at least right now, the tests tell me that I'm negative, but I don't care. I don't even want to, just in case the test might not be correct. I don't even want to go over there and expose her. And I realized right. that it was definitely out of my own selfishness, missing her, wanting to help her, wanting to, and I, I and you know, make her food and whatever, because she's been in in, her, in the, her own place. She lives by herself. Also, although she lives in a guest house with my sisters, she's still by herself, and she's not right. having any contact with with any of us. And literally, I drop off food. Um, that's all hot, hot food only, <laughs> and kimchi, of course, uh-huh. at her doorstep right. because that's all I can do. And I just, every day, we talk about not going out. Every day I call her, you know, just making sure she's okay and she doesn't need anything else, you know, so that um, everything is, is okay for her. But gosh, it's it's amazing, the feelings that come up in us. Right. Well, and it's the feeling of helplessness. So what do you, what, and what the, the strongest response or probably the best response typically to helplessness is to take action, which is exactly what you're doing. So you're taking action by making food and dropping it off to her, even though you can't be physically with her. And that's another one of the losses, right? We we're losing, I mean, we're having a lot of human contact and, and, but we don't have the, all the, what we typically have, which is the face to face, the touch, the, the, you know, the, just the experience of being in the presence of another human being, and and if you live alone, then then it's it's very different. You're dealing with the help, the feelings of helplessness and sadness by taking action. Right, that's right. Even in my own household here, I was the one who did the test first, and George um, was he was exposed. He went shopping on that same day, mm-hmm. so the test takes about three days. For if you're going to have a response from the exposure, it'll take three days before it can uh, detect the IgM, which is the uh, fast-acting antibodies from the finger prick test. So we had to wait three days before we did the test. And during that three days, we had absolutely no contact because I don't have, I don't want to be exposed. I don't want him to feel 
you know, uh, responsible if I got sick, if he actually ended up having it. So we literally had to separate our, our uh, physical contact. And it was right around mm. his birthday. And my God, that was so difficult. You know what I mean? Mm, so sure. these are things yeah. that we all go, go through, but it's really necessary. People have got to understand how necessary it is uh, during this time because we've got numbers um, globally over a million. Um, and of course, it, we've got the number one amount of, of um, cases in yeah, America right, now. Right. And it, it, we really got to buckle down and everyone's got to contribute here and stay indoors. And, and so it's just starting it's, it's because the entire country has not done that yet. It's just starting that people are now thinking, okay, and uh, we got to all do this together and stay indoors and self-isolate and definitely make sure that we're wearing our masks, doing our gloves, checking ourselves, only going out once a week for food, maybe even once every two weeks, you know? So the one thing that I'm reading now is that um, there's a great deal more of abuse in the household. And, and uh, it's because you said of abuse? the culture. Abuse. I'm, I've read about uh, from the domestic uh, violence um, organizations. Right. There's right. more abuse. Um, and, you know, it's hard to run away when you don't have another place to run away, uh, when you're told to stay home. It, it's very, very difficult. So, you know, with that um, being said, what is it that, you know, possibly we can do within that situation if you've been you're in a state of, of emotional, physical, child abuse. What can we do here? You know, I, uh, this is a situation, and again, I, this gets very complex. That doesn't surprise me. Uh, and the, again, understand that the reactions that someone is having and behaving that way is the, whoever the abuser is, is their own difficulty managing their, their emotional state properly. And so they're taking it out on other people. But you can imagine the level of helplessness, sadness, disappointment, um, uh, uh, anger, uh, anger, whatever it might be that that person is feeling in order to resort to that level of response. The person who's being hurt, you know, I would say, I would still say, if if they're willing to do it, then then the this is still uh, calls for police intervention or child and protective services intervention. So it's it, this. I mean, even though we're in this kind of a, a in quarantine, it I still would want people to do the thing that they need to do to get away from the abuser. So mm-hmm. and that would be what would be routine anyway. That that doesn't it doesn't stop us from responding in a in a similar manner. The the response times may be a little bit different, perhaps, but but I think it's just as important to follow through. In, in terms of reporting it or getting it addressed just like we would in any other time. Mm, thank you. Thank you. Uh, you know, within your book title, the subtitle of your book, 90 Seconds to a Life You Love, uh, you the subtitle is How to Master Your Difficult Feelings to Cultivate Lasting Confidence and Resilience and Authenticity. So resilience. Give us your definition of resilience, and because I really believe that this is the time where we've got, we all have to be resilient. I think of resilience as the the ability or the capacity to bounce back, right? So, so that so that you have. So, think of this as as you have both resources within you 
and resources outside of you to be able to bounce back from something. And, and this is a time that requires uh, that bounce back quality. Cause again, cause we're in something that's unpredictable and we're in something that nobody's ever been through before quite like this. And <clears throat> so as a result, we, we have to draw on the resources that we may have used before in other life situations to give us that quality that we can, we can make our way through this and either be just the same or even better than where we were before. Uh, so, so what goes into that? Uh, well, again, foundation of, of good physical health, an ability to, to stay present or to experience and move through unpleasant feelings. A third thing that helps us be resilient is to recognize that this is a time of deep connection. Uh, oddly enough, as much as we're physically, and I would frame this as physically distance, physical distance, not social distance, physical distance plus social connection. So one of the ways you be resilient, that you can be resilient is by reaching out to other people, that you stay well connected to other people. That's what this time is about. So foster relationships and be really okay with asking for help. Acknowledge what you need. Acknowledge the limitations that you're having. Ask for help. That's actually part of emotional strength. And, and then you can hold attitudes that, that help you be very resilient. Or you can do some things that help you be resilient, and you can hold attitudes. Let me go to the, some of the doing things. So, again, the uh, meditating. So it's actually, it's actually this is also a, a, an oddly an opportunity for growth. The, the, what we're all in right now. So, so I think of it as a, a, an opportunity for contemplation. So you can meditate, you can journal, you can be engaged in prayer. Um, you can, you can uh, do anything that puts you in that state where you're reflective about what's taking place for you. And I would ha have you, again, kind of going into this idea of resilient attitudes, I would have you start to ask questions like, who do I want to be going through this? How do I want to show up for myself and for others? What, how can I use this time to bring the best out of me? How can I use this? How can I contribute? That's another thing. How can I contribute to others during this time? So that you adopt a kind of a we're all in this together attitude. And that, and that you, you make compassion and kindness your new mantra. Uh, so that, uh, or you, or, or there, again, there's other, other things that you can do. You can, you can actually remain optimistic. That's a choice for people. You can choose pessimism or you can choose optimism. And, and so that for me, that's an attitude that, that you can choose. Again, you, none of us know what it's going to look like, but you can still hold the vision as opposed to the circumstance. You can pay attention to where you want it to go. Uh, and, and, go, all right, I'm in this circumstance, but I'm going to put more focus on, on who I want to be and where I want things to go than, than, than get lost in what the circumstance is right now. Right. Um, and then That's there's, great. There's, uh, okay. Because uh, uh, you can also draw on, on the fact that you've been through difficult things before and that you have the same resources. Notice what talents and skills and abilities and and attitudes you can hold that will keep you strong during this time. 
These are all such great information that we can write down and journal about. But you know what, um, Dr. Joan, I took a look at one of your checklists, that the resilient resilience checklist that I ended up downloading on your, from your website. And the website is drjoanrosenberg.com forward slash stay up, stay up UP. So when I took a look at that, I think it's fantastic because it's a checklist that helps you um, see if you've been um, in, in the direction that you want to go. For instance, the one that I really love is that one um, one statement is that I have a growth mindset. That is the belief that I can improve. That's fantastic. I mean, just just that alone is going to be helpful. So there's a lot of different um, uh, statements you know, two pages of it that we all can look at and we can check, check for ourselves. And uh, they're all positive, like almost like affirmations to me. Would you consider those affirmations? Yeah, yeah, yes, definitely. And a number of them are, and even there, I think, I don't remember, I put one in that says I'm capable and resourceful. So I, I trust that I'll be able to figure this out. But it's, again, it's not figuring it out alone. The goal here is that you're figuring it, uh, you're figuring it out with other people too. This is not a time for any of us to be alone. So yeah, there's, a, or I have the capacity to persevere, I think is, is on that list. So yeah, right. they're, they're, some of them are affirmations. Some of them are things that you can do. And, and yeah, so I, I really want people to have that resilience checklist. Right. right. So, you know, we'll, we'll have that on our page uh, so that you can take a look at that and download it for yourself. Put it on your um, desk or your you're you know, right in front of you, in front of everyone. Everyone can go through this together, which would be really nice as a family. One of the, uh, the gratitude things that I find, you know, is that we are eating together more, you know, as a, as a family. Um, my patients yes. are telling me that they are making food together. They're playing games that they've never played before. Um, they're they're um, being kinder to each other. Um, they're praying together. Um, you know, right. all of these things that are we would want everyone to do and we would hope to do daily as just the natural part of our day-to-day um, life, life. But now people are getting together. And I think that's a huge plus, even from um, the scary experience that we're going through. That's a huge plus when it comes to gratitude. Oh, 100%. And and it's it's forcing all of us to slow down enough to actually, in the best of circumstances, we reclaim those values that were always important, but we just let slip by. So the so the fact that families are playing together, families are cooking together, right? Like you were just saying, what a what a wonderful thing, and what a wonderful opportunity to re to reconnect or connect more deeply with your family members. Yes, yes, that's right. Well, gosh, uh, thanks so much for everything here, Dr. Joan. Great, great interview. Lots of wonderful things. The book is called 90 Seconds to a Life You Love. Get so much information from that book, but also on our website. Um, where can we find more information? Can you give us your your best website here? Sure. The, the most direct place is drjoanrosenberg.com. There's all sorts of blog posts that are available to people. There's a variety of checklists and other things that they can get. In fact, they can get, if they, they can also get the PDF of my book, Ease Your Anxiety, that if they go right straight to the, uh, to the homepage on drjohnrosenberg.com, it'll lead them to the PDF. And uh, I have two TED Talks. The, so just 
you just put my name in, there's lots of places, and then I'm on social media on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, etc. So um, I'm I'm fine. I'm certainly findable. Yes, you are. Well, you're my go-to gal. <laughs> you know that. You know when it comes to thank you so much emotions. And, um, you know, listen to, if you ever get a chance to listen to that YouTube, YouTube, um, video, I was present and I was, I actually went to that. You TED were. Talk. Yep. You and sure did. it was yeah. incredibly moving. Um, and so true, so much great, great value with every word that you said within that Ted talk, 20, 20 minute oh. Ted talk. Thank you, Joan. Thanks so much. So appreciate you. And I love of you. And I wish all the best for you and your family. Likewise, loving you right back, and, and thanks for the opportunity to serve. You bet. All right. Thank you. Wow, lots of great information here, and I know you've learned a great deal of valuable information, so do show this, share the show with your loved ones. It can definitely change their life for the better. And please subscribe if you haven't already so we can continue to do our very best here on Wellness for Life. If you need any help in digging deeper with your health issues, I work with people globally through phone and Skype consultations, and my contact info is available on my drsuzanne.com website. Remember, everything that went on uh, regarding the show today is going to be on my radio page. Until next time, go out there and live your best life today, full of energy, enthusiasm, and ultimate health and wellness. This is Dr. Suzanne sharing natural strategies on the Wellness for Life show right here on Radio MD. Stay well.